This week on the Mic Drop, Richie Witt of SI.com stops by to talk March Madness, mental health, and the Cowboys offseason. Spoiler alert, he believes the Cowboys have their work cut out for them in free agency and heading into the NFL draft. Then we talk with WNBA Dallas Wings star Mariah Jefferson about her prep for next season, what it means to be a great teammate, and your chance to race against her at the Perot Museum's Speedwall. But first, we welcome back one of our favorite guests, pro volleyball player Molly McCage of Athletes Unlimited, whose season is now underway at the Fair Park Coliseum. So let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to the Mic Drop, everybody, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission. Kevin Sullivan here, joined by the executive director of the Sports Commission, Monica Paul. Also with us is next level Marcus Carr, but rumor has it that Marcus Carr, in his bracket, selected Virginia Tech to beat UT in the first round, even though the Longhorns have a point guard named Marcus Carr. And Monica found out about this, and this may be Marcus's last uh, show with us. So, without Marcus, a doubt, it's so been nice knowing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Marcus, you should not have admitted that until after that game. But it's been nice knowing with you, knowing you, and working with you. We're at episode fifty-four, Monica. This is kind of a sneaky, famous number in Cowboys history. We know eighty-eight is Drew and Michael. We know twenty-two is Emmett and Bob Hayes. Uh, you know, 43, Don Perkins and Cliff Harris, a lot of Hall of Famers in there. But 54 is also a sort of a number of for Cowboys royalty in the ring of honor. Uh, linebacker Chuck Howley, MVP of Super Bowl five, even though the Cowboys lost. I believe that's the only time that's happened. Uh, also played in Super Bowl six. Randy White, also 54. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and was the MVP of Super Bowl 12. Both were multiple time all pro. So with a nod to a couple of other 54s, Matt Harrison from the World Series Vintage 2010 and 11 Rangers pitcher. And one of my favorite Dallas Mavericks of all time, Popeye Jones wore number 54. Maybe we could do him if we get to episode 154. But for episode 54, shout out to Randy White and Chuck Holly. Monica, what's happening at the Sports Commission? Well, big week uh, this week. We've got Athletes Unlimited uh, back in town to start their second season. I know we're going to talk to Molly McCage here shortly, but um, a lot of good energy, much different this year because fans can uh, attend compared to what we had last year. So uh, excited to have them back. Um, WWE, WrestleMania, right around the corner um, here, two weeks away before we actually less than two weeks away before activities start, uh, here within the community with their community, uh, challenge and, um, <clears throat> then obviously access and, um, uh, events at the American Airlines Center and the two night WrestleMania. So tickets still available. Everyone, uh, he- head on out there to get those tickets. Um, I was actually at soccer X, uh, in Miami, uh, earlier this week. Uh, so had a great opportunity to, talk a little bit more World Cup as we hopefully get a little bit closer to a May uh, announcement. Uh, Had the opportunity to talk with CONCACAF, some other uh, of our clients that, uh, you know, we want to continue to build on our soccer legacy here in the 
in the Dallas area and uh, international matches, grassroots matches are definitely a way to do that. So uh, <coughs> had a, a great opportunity to reconnect with uh, a lot of people and look, look far into the future. So 2026 uh, feels like it's uh, starting to get a little bit real. Uh, a lot of anticipation and excitement out there by all of the host cities. So I actually sat on a panel and uh, discussed legacy from 1994. Uh, so bringing back a lot of memories and starting to really get that excitement here for the for our opportunity uh, that lies right in front of us. When we speak with uh, Molly McCage in a few minutes, we're going to be talking about giving back and philanthropy, which uh, she is fully committed to. It seems every week, Monica, we find another example in the Dallas Fort Worth sports community of a of a big philanthropic announcement. Last week it was the Mavericks. This week. Uh, the Texas Rangers have a, had a big announcement. Yes, the celebration of the Rangers' 50th season is getting underway, and uh, the Rangers Foundation announced this week it would give away a half million dollars. Uh, they'll award 500,000 grants to nonprofits focused on improving their communities. How awesome is that? Uh, applications are available at the Rangers' website and will be accepted through April 30th, uh, pretty impressive and a great way to get the 50th anniversary celebration rolling uh, and our season rolling, thankfully. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's in uh, speaking of getting rolling, March Madness getting underway. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes with former UConn star Mariah Jefferson of the Dallas Wings. Uh, Mavericks keep on winning another Spencer Dinwiddie mic drop buzzer beater. At Brooklyn Wednesday night, uh, they are on fire. Good to see that. Uh, and, and also, you know, we always talk about how every national sports story seems to have a Dallas connection. And here, here with a friend of the podcast, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, leaving Fox Sports uh, after 20 or 21 years to go to ESPN to rejuvenate Monday Night Football. Got a big boost with the Manning cast. And now you got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman taking over Monday Night Football with all kinds of Dallas connections. So, as always, lots happening. Back in a moment to talk with pro volleyball player and one of our favorite guests from season one, Molly McCage. But first, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. I'm all for that, Rachel. And now it's a real pleasure to welcome back to the mic drop Molly McCage. She was a guest on episode three. 51 episodes ago, Molly, we're still we're still uh, chugging along, having fun here on the mic drop. Molly is back for year two of Athletes Unlimited Pro Volleyball uh, at Fair Park Coliseum through April 16th. You can watch games Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Most weeks, check it out. She's a former UT All-America, middle blocker, number five in your program. Also, by the way, she's got a side hustle as the director of volleyball ops at Pepperdine. So uh, this is a this is a busy uh, athlete. So Molly, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. I'm happy to be back. Now, Molly, I have to tell you that uh, Sully has been talking about Molly McCage 
our entire mic drop season since you were since you were with us last season. Uh, and with with WWE coming up, he loves the Molly McCage name and really think we could get you into a, as a WWE superstar here over the next few weeks when they're in town if you're up for it. So uh, um, just just be on the lookout for that invite. You know, Molly, the, yeah, you should take this seriously. WWE recruits you know former gymnasts, uh, basketball players. You, you name it, all different kinds of sports get represented uh, with women superstars. And just the name alone would give you would give you some some great billing. I think I'd have to have some significant training, but maybe a post volleyball career. I could see it. There we you go. You know, Charlotte, who Charlotte, who is going to be one of the headliners of WrestleMania, played volleyball at North Carolina State. And so she's she is tall. I don't know if she's as tall as you, but. She's very tall and she is phenomenal and, and uh, kind of my pick on the, on the women's side all the time. Uh, but, uh, but Monica, thanks for the shout out. And, and, and if you don't, if you don't go the, the uh, WWE route, uh, Molly, I still think you, it's a great name for fronting a rock band. So maybe keep that in mind too. I'll keep all my options open. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Molly, let's get back to, to athletes unlimited. Um, very, very excited to have y'all back for, for season two here in Dallas on the volleyball side. I actually had the chance to uh, head out to Vegas and see that basketball championship and, and the energy that it brought. Uh, so congratulations to Athletes Unlimited and everything that they that y'all have been able to build uh, here over the last few years. But uh, this is a different type of format um, that uh, I think typical volleyball fans are, are used to looking at. Uh, you know, you still have the... Uh, same number of people on the court, but uh, explain to our listeners uh, how this format maybe works and uh, is a little bit different than the traditional. Sure. Yeah. There's only five weeks of competition and we play three games a week, but your play determines where you are on this leaderboard. So depending on individual stats, but mainly your team point wins, you can climb this leaderboard. And after the first week, the top four, people that performed well become captains and they choose the team for the next week. And then the same for the next four weeks. So every week you're with a different team. Um, you're, it's a weird way to think about volleyball too, and your performance, because every point matters and every statistic matters because you want to climb that leaderboard for, you know, to win the league, but also just to get more and more bonus pay. Well, big shout out. Congratulations to Molly McCage. Uh, last night, I happened to be at the opener, and I think she uh, came in as a third place uh, MVP for that very first match of this second season. So congratulations on that. Um, Molly, is it difficult to be playing with different teammates each week? I mean, you know, normally when you're on a team, you build up and you see that progression year after or week after week uh, t towards the end of the season. So um how do you how do you approach that i guess differently uh as you train each week sure it's it's definitely a challenge i think um dealing with different personalities how to manage that how to find energy on the core without it being forced how to find a connection without it being forced i think a lot of the connection has to do with front loading communication so during practices this week we have practice today just talking about like, what is the ideal set you want? What is the ideal communication that you want on the court? What is the strategy that you are focusing on during this match? Um, if anything, that makes you a better teammate and then people want to pick you because you're just, you're easy to be around and easy to play with. 
Yeah, absolutely. The synergies and uh, being able a setter and their hitters and, and that sort of thing, very critical uh, in volleyball. So one of the big differences for season two is you get to play in front of fans this year. Uh, it was uh, a little bit different atmosphere uh, last night compared to what we were sitting in, uh, or some of us, those that were able to actually go and watch last year uh, with, with no fans. So uh, how's that different, and uh, any other differences uh, coming out of uh, Season 2 of uh, Athletes Unlimited Volleyball? I have to tell you, it's such a joy to see fans in the stands. <laughs> there was a high school team in the stands, and they were just giddy to be there. I think last year it felt you know, like we were, we were in a bubble, and it felt like we were kind of disconnected from the sports world. But last night, looking up into the stands and seeing families there and young girls playing volleyball it was such a good way to connect to the volleyball community and just people volleyball is amazing on tv our broadcast is doing an incredible job but it is so much more exciting to see in person i encourage people to come out just to see it live because it's it's really what they've set up here at fair park is 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 truly a spectacle and the differences from last year I think we're just continuing to improve. I think our court looks better. I think yeah. um, our broadcast has added different camera angles. Um, we're just fine tuning little details so that it's, it's great for the viewer. It's great for the player. Um, obviously we have new players and so there's different personalities as well. Um, yeah, but a lot of the same, just minor improvements. You know, Molly, I didn't, I didn't uh, like you as a guest just because I think you have a cool sounding name. You were thoughtful. You were fun. We talked about your, your, was it peanut butter and jelly or yeah. peanut butter and honey or something before games? We had, a, it was just a fun conversation uh, in the early days of the mic drop. Uh, and th speaking of, you know, kind of being, being thoughtful, you know, obviously we have a lot of sports fans who listen. What would you say, you know, you talked a little bit about the atmosphere, but what would you say to a sports fan who has never seen volleyball in person that would get them? up off the couch and to go over to Fair Park Coliseum and, and, and watch in person? I would say that, I mean, volleyball is the kind of sport that like everybody just kind of loves to play. It's like the backyard sport that, you know, you can play on the beach and the grass. And then to see it at such a high level, this country hasn't really seen professional volleyball that often. And it's so common throughout the world. And there's a reason why. It's such a fast-paced, intense game. These girls are incredible athletes. Um, it's it's short bursts of excitement, so it's not like you can you know get lost and get bored or anything. It's it's such a cool game. Um, I just really hope that people come out and watch. Well, and you know, I have three daughters, two of whom, uh, Amy and Jenny, were cross-country athletes in college. Uh, so opportunities for women to play professional sports is 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 really important. And you didn't have to go back to Germany uh, to, in order to be a professional athlete, right? I mean, what does that mean to you to be able to, what Athletes Unlimited has set up, uh, you know, just in terms of opportunities for more, more, more players and more fans to get involved with volleyball? Yeah, I, I loved my time in Germany. I think it was a great experience. But just to be here and to have, you know, my family be able to come out and watch me play or have different, have a different career and be a professional athlete, making sure I build those career skills because, you know, playing volleyball is not going to be forever. Um, just to have it here in the States is an incredible option. And that's why I didn't go overseas last year again, because I want this league to stay here 
we have an incredible pool of talent here in the States and we just have to go overseas to make some kind of money. And so to extend our careers here at home in front of volleyball loving fans, it just is a no brainer. And a lot of, a lot of uh, U.S. Olympians are competing, right? Yes, we have U.S. Olympians. We have a Dominican Olympian, Puerto Rican, Thai, Brazil. Like, we have Olympians from all over the world. You know, I mentioned the charity component. That's a big part of what athletes, and the way that Athletes Unlimited has empowered athletes. 50% of your, your end-of-season bonus will be donated to charity. Not the money you get. It'll be a match. So 50% of your total goes to charity. What charity are you playing for uh, this season? I'm playing for Union of Concerned Scientists. Um, they were founded in the 70s, and their mission is just to seek the truth in science and you know, find environmental justice, make sure scientists have um, funding for their research, and just trying to tackle climate solutions. Because to me, that's the most important thing we can do right now is just to seek out the truth and figure out what we can do as citizens to make sure we can, you know, live on this earth for a very long time. Okay, Molly, uh, I think for, since you were with us last year, there was a pretty significant uh, happening in your, in your life, I believe. Uh, is that correct? Uh, married a fellow volleyball player, Scott Kevorkin, uh, last May? Yes, yes. Scott and I got married finally. We were a COVID wedding and we postponed <laughs> and postponed. And so we finally got married and it, it was great. We eloped actually at Lake Tahoe and celebrated later with my family. Um, but it was just our dog there and our efficient and our photographer. And um, it was beautiful. Did and the married life is great. Did the family uh, know that you were eloping? My parents eloped. So I was like, did did your did the parents know that y'all were eloping or did y'all just go and do this? No, we absolutely involved them. We zoomed them the day of, like we made sure that it was it was for everybody's safety. We really just wanted to get married. Um, we had our date and everything, and we loved that date, and it meant something to us. So we, I guess, what is the new term for that? Like. You can't call it eloping because they're not running away, right? <laughs> so we just decided to have a small wedding, and then we had more weddings later on well, in this weird world that we live in now. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, volleyball is a, a big part of both of your lives. Um, what, uh, in your free time, if any, um, what do y'all like to do? Um, it's funny you say that. We are working together right now. He's a coach at Pepperdine. And so a lot of our time... For the first time, actually, we, we do spend talking about volleyball, which is strange. Even though we're both volleyball players, we're finding ourselves talking about volleyball way too much. But in our free time, we have our dog, our rescue, Roddy Mix, and we just love taking him to the park, being outside. California, we live in Ventura, so just getting outside as much as we can, playing some beach volleyball, um, hiking, just being outside. Well, that's awesome. You could probably win some money on those beach volleyball games. Just show up and, you know, yeah. not not let people know that you're a pro. And I know. I think him being six nine and me being six three. I think it gives it away. But <laughs> but yeah, we could try to get some money, some a little side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sully, uh, Molly. Uh, any? Uh, try to get a little out of Molly here. Uh, uh, you know, Athletes Unlimited has uh, 
well, added a new sport, basketball, this year, uh, volleyball, lacrosse, and uh, the original of softball. So um, great opportunities for women to continue to play here in the United States professionally. Any uh, any uh, more sports being added in the near future, or is that something down the down the road? Um, I haven't heard of anything starting, but I have heard some ideas. Uh Um, Water polo would be a great addition, in my opinion. Um, I there was a conversation about oh, I forget what it was, but it's you know they're always open. John and Jonathan are like, yeah, let's do basketball, and it just happened, and we were like, that was amazing. That was so much fun to watch. So whatever happens, whatever sport they decide to add, I think will be incredible to watch. And I'm so happy that I'm in some way associated with them. Well, uh, Molly, thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope everyone listening, uh, out there, go to AUProSports.com. Uh, they will, it tells you everything about all of their seasons. Uh, but specifically here in Dallas, uh, get your tickets out to watch the, the, the pro volleyball athletes out there at Fair Park Coliseum. Uh, we have plenty of time, five weeks, and uh, the first match was uh, first matches were last night. So uh, we've got five weeks in front of us, a long runway to go out and see those athletes and support uh, them and their endeavors and uh, their nonprofit organizations and beneficiaries as well. So, Molly, wishing you and uh, all of your uh, teammates and uh, the best of luck, and uh, we'll see you out on the court. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for having me today. All right. And now over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. Did you know the Dallas Zoo provides guests with real-life opportunities to make memorable connections with more than 2,000 animals? Please support the zoo's mission to inspire and empower action on behalf of the wildlife in Texas and around the world. Visit DallasZoo.com to purchase your tickets today. Thanks, Rachel. And now, Monica, we are joined by basketball royalty. Mariah Jefferson, Dallas' own of the Dallas Wings. Of course, she won four consecutive national championships at UConn. They only won 151 and five. She's probably still bugged by those five losses. But I guess when you win four national championships, it's all good. Two-time winner of the Nancy Lieberman Award. Of course, Nancy, big-time friend of the podcast. Uh, that award goes to the nation's best point guard, and Mariah won it twice. UConn's all-time assist leader. Last time I checked, I had some pretty good point guards roll through that program, so that is impressive. Second overall pick by uh, San Antonio in 2016. Traded to the Wings in 2019. Helped the team get back in the WNBA playoffs last season. Mariah Jefferson, welcome to the mic drop, and thanks for some time today. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. Before we get to the Wings uh, season, which starts uh, in May, first week of May, mm-hmm. let's talk a little Women's March Madness. First of all, what was your reaction when you heard that the term March Madness would be applied equally to the women's tournament as well as the men's this year? No, that's huge. You hear March Madness and a lot of people just kind of assume that it's it's the same on the men's and women's side, but it, you know, for a very long time until now, it hasn't been. So I know for me as a player, um, when you hear March Madness, it just brings a different level of excitement behind and for the NCAA to bring that on and, and to recognize the growth in the women's game and to see how far we've come. Um, that's just another step forward in the right direction. Yeah, we asked your teammate, Alicia Gray, that question after the Tokyo Olympics, where, of course, she was on the... Uh... 3v3 uh, team. And she just said it's about time. And, and Monica yes. and I, I agree with that. So UConn is a number two seed. Uh, of course, 
South Carolina is the number one seed. Speaking of Alicia Gray, you've got two teammates from there. You've got Notre Dame, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Of course, you've got Charlie Collier from UT. You've got teammates from Baylor and UTA uh, also in the tournament. So how intense is the trash talk on the wings about what's about to happen in the uh, women's NCAA March Madness? You know, fortunately, we're not all together right now. We're kind of spread out, uh, you know, across the world. Um, but I'm, I'm sure once the tournament actually starts, we'll have a lot of that chirping going back and forth. For, for me, that rivalry, I think, with Notre Dame was the, the biggest one. Um, obviously, we three of those losses that you talk about, those five losses came to Notre Dame. So I have a little bit of, you know, <laughs> bad, bad feelings for them in the deep down in my heart of my soul. But I'm just excited about the tournament um, to see how it plays out. Um, I'm excited for UConn this year as well. Yeah, what do you think? Break it down for us. What do you think is going to happen? Man, I'm hoping, you know, so previously in these years, we've seen UConn go and we've, you win all these games and then it, it's come down to the end and we, we've lost, you know, since after 2016. And I think this year they, they had a chance to lose some games early. They had a chance to get people in rotations who normally wouldn't play due to injury. So for me, I'm hoping that's going to help them. You know, they can come down and they'll, they'll be able to have that experience in the end. So, you know, I'm bleed blue all the way and I'm, I'm going for UConn until the day that I die. <laughs> well, you gotta, gotta be loyal. Lots of, new, <laughs> lots of new players added to the wings roster uh, mm-hmm. over the uh, off season. Of course, you mentioned Notre Dame, Arike Ogunboali, a great leader on the team and a star in the WNBA, uh, uh, remains on the Wings roster. But uh, how are you feeling about what the team needs to do to build on the success of last season getting back uh, into the playoffs under Coach VJ? Now, last year was, was a, a weird year for us because we had a lot of new people come in. We had a whole completely new com- uh, coaching staff, and I think we were kind of learning each other. Uh, we got that chemistry. We have a good young core and we took steps in the right direction and making the playoffs. So I think this year it's about building on that. You know, we just got a big pickup in Tierra McCowan as well uh, for a 6'8 center, which is huge for us in, in, in this division of the world because players are so big. So I think for us, it's just about building on last year, um, continuing to push forward with that chemistry that we have and putting our foot on people's necks when, when we're in the game. All right, Mariah, we mentioned we had Coach VJ on the mic drop uh, last year, and we were oh so very impressed with her. Give us a little dirt. What does she like to play for? Man, I, I've been with Coach VJ every year since I've been in the league at some point. You know, for every team that I've been on, I've been around Coach VJ, and she's hard-nosed, you know. A lot of people, you look at her, she can be your best friend, but she can be one of the toughest people to play for. Uh, she expects greatness every single time you step on the court. And I think that's something as a young team, as a young core that you need. Um, a coach who's been in the league since it started, who helped start the league, and she knows basketball inside and out. So for me, I've learned so much playing for her, and I'm excited to see how she continues to help our team grow and move in the, in the right direction. Well, she definitely doesn't seem like someone that was sugarcoated a little bit. Oh, no. I think she's going to be pretty direct, right? Absolutely, and especially when it comes to me. She's going to let me know exactly what it is right away. So. Oh, that's awesome. So we were talking a little bit uh, earlier uh, before the show started about this speed wall that you're you're involved in that recently opened up at the Pro Museum. You play a starring role here. So tell us how that works and what uh, those who go to the Pro Museum can expect. It's incredible. So they have a sports floor, um, I believe, on the first floor and you go in with the 10th, 10th anniversary of the museum and you walk in into a little starting lineup and you can race against myself, Patrick Mahomes, some other FC Dallas players, and even a dinosaur, I believe, is one of the things on there. 
you press start and then you get to race against us. Um, I clocked in at 2.48. So I like to see a lot of people <laughs> who can beat me on that wall, but it's a good experience. Um, I would say bring your family and friends out. The museum itself is amazing, so. All right, I'm gonna, when I go to the Perot, I'm gonna make them play you in sl slow motion just to <laughs> see if I, I have a shot there, okay? <laughs> What's the distance, um, Mariah? What, what's the distance for oh that time? Man, I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. But I can tell you this, that um, the cheetah came in uh, oh, one second faster than me. So oh. somewhere I had to be moving pretty fast. <laughs> that, that's that, yeah, I hear about the cheetah a lot. So that is pretty special <laughs> there. Uh, Mariah, uh, you were homeschool in high school. Um, obviously, it didn't hold you back in uh, terms of basketball and the skills there. What was that like? Did you enjoy it? Uh, give us a glimpse. I loved it. You know, I, I grew up with three brothers and sisters, and we also had other family members who were homeschooled as well. So it was, it was a group of us about 12, and we got together every day. We did our homework together. But I think a cool thing for me is I got to do my work when I wanted and gave me a chance to work on basketball and do things that I wouldn't have done if I went to school. So a lot of people don't understand what homeschooling is about, but for me, it was an amazing opportunity and I wouldn't change it for the world. So I, I have one more request uh, for you, Mariah. Uh, you know, we're hosting the Women's Final Four in 2023, and I'm always looking for ambassadors here locally <laughs> uh, to really help us uh, prop that up and, uh, and uh, you know, cheer us on from our local organizing committee standpoint and a city standpoint. This year, 2023 will be special in that uh, it's Division One, Two, II, and Three mm -hmm. uh, Women's Basketball Championships, and hopefully a, a celebration of 50 years of Title IX. So, what do I have to do to get you involved uh, as an ambassador for our, our Women's Final Four efforts? Well, you just said the word, and now that's done. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Dallas in general. I'm from here, the NCA, and bringing all three Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. That's incredible. So, whatever you need, you you got me on board. Okay, sounds good. Well, I know in 2017, it may have been the most electric atmosphere oh, that I've ever been at in uh, at American Airlines Center. UConn may not think favorably of uh, of, of that year, but uh, it it was quite magical. So we hope to recreate something like that for 2023. Definitely, as long as UConn isn't on the back end, I'll be I'll be happy. <laughs> Right. Well, you've been in the league now. This will be your sixth year. You've played overseas. Uh, how, how much better? I mean, the WNBA just seems to be getting better and better and better. Have you noticed it, that the talent has improved, the quality of play has improved in, in, your, in your time in the WNBA? Oh, definitely. I think every year we improve. You know, you, you've got different training methods. You've got different skills, trainers from all over the world that are coming that players are working with. And people are getting quicker, bigger, and faster. And you can see the game is growing in the right direction. And watch this year, watch the previous years before that. You can just see that our passion is growing, our heart is growing even more. And I'm excited to see where the WNBA will be in the next five to 10 years. I read where you were the first Texas athlete to get recruited to UConn. Now we know, uh, you know, basketball is huge in, in Texas, both on the, in high school, both on the boys and girls side. Uh, first of all, that really surprised me, but what was it like to be the first uh, player from Texas to enter that, you know, uh, incredible program at UConn? And it was amazing. You know, at the time, I didn't even know. I was just, everything was going so fast and I got a chance to go out to, to Connecticut and meet with Gino and, and the rest of the coaching staff. And 
it just I fell in love with it and I was surprised to be the first one from Texas because there is so many great AAU programs and high school players here but hopefully you know was the first but not the last. You, you, you mentioned that coach VJ Vicki Johnson is is hard-nosed and kind of old school mm-hmm. what about how would you compare her to Gino Ariema who's had you know Hall of Fame uh, success at UConn? They have a lot of similarities you know they they have a way of doing things and they're going to continue to do that way each and every year, each and every season, um, making sure that you're doing things the right way every single time. Um, and I think that's huge, you know, that discipline of practicing the right way, competing the right way so that when you get in the game, it becomes natural. You know, practices should be harder than the game every single time. And I think they do a good job of putting in those situations. We, we always try to promote the, the wings here on the mic drop. What would you say to somebody, a sports fan in Dallas, maybe a Mavericks fan, who has never uh, gone out to UTA to watch the Wings play, what would you say to get them to, uh, you know, get on their phone and get a ticket and come and see the Wings play? I always say, come out to a game. You know, you you just come out to one game and you'll be hooked. The atmosphere is incredible. We have amazing fans. We have a lot of fan experiences that you get to do before and after the games. Um, as WNBA players, we're very accessible. We come out, we talk to the players, to the fans, excuse me. And it's just a really good, fun family atmosphere. So if you've never been, buy a ticket, bring a family member, bring a friend, and I promise you it won't be your last. Now you're, you're from Dallas. Do you, are, do you follow all the other teams, the Cowboys and Mavericks? And, and I do. Yeah, I do. The Mavericks, um, I've been watching the Mavericks a lot this year. I've actually been to a lot of the home games, doing some work with them on the offseason as well. And we look really, really good. You know, the the fast-paced tempo, up and down. Our defense has been incredible. Obviously, you have Luke on the team. It helps every single thing you do. So I'm excited about seeing their playoff push this year. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie looks like that was a smart pickup. We'll see if Bertans can get uh... – hot, but the game-winning shot he made Sunday at Boston and the come-from-behind win, uh, I'm not sure KP would have knocked that one down. That was huge. You know, I'm, I'm so happy for Spencer. Um, he's friends with some people that I know here um, in the Dallas forward area as well. So seeing him come over here and to make an immediate impact on the game and to hit that shot, that was incredible. Um, I saw Sent Marshall sent out a tweet about it too, and everybody was just really excited about seeing that. You know, Dinwiddie is a guy that's talked about being a great teammate. What does that mean to you in terms of in your in your career? What does it mean to be a, to be a great teammate? You know, being a great teammate, just sometimes it's not always focusing on yourself. We get caught up in the games of trying to be perfect or trying to make sure we have this amount of points. But sometimes just focusing on your teammates and trying to put them in the best position to be successful is what's huge. And for me, that's something that I've always done is just being that shoulder, that leader, somebody that somebody can always speak on and talk to in the game is, is huge. So making sure you're not putting yourself first, that's that's the number one aspect of being a good teammate. Well, before we let you go, I know you're picking UConn on the women's side. <laughs> you, you have a pick on the men's side of the uh, March Madness bracket? Oh, man, I, I don't. Unfortunately, um, I, I don't know. Who do you have? Who, who do you well, got? Here's the thing. I, I'm a Purdue Boilermaker. Monica is a, is a UT Longhorn, and we are on a collision course if we can avoid screwing up our first round uh, matchups. So uh, I, I'm I'm skeptical, you know, because for Purdue, playing UT means Coach Beard for a third time. He knocked us out at Arkansas Little Rock, knocked us out at Tech, mm-hmm. and that is we did not want to be on this, you know, on the same uh, draw as uh, as uh, as UT. But we'll see. But I'm I'm. I'm, I'm like, like you are with UConn. I'm that way with the Boilermakers. And I know you need a little luck, but you know, maybe uh, with Jaden Ivy leading this, maybe this could be the year. 
<laughs> okay, well, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to go with Monica and hold on to that UT. That Texas blood is running through me. Just, just uh -huh. being here. So, Monica, we're on the same team here. <laughs> I love it, Mariah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Sully. Two against one here. I know. I, I, I can't win this argument. Well, Mariah, it has been an absolute joy to have you on the mic drop. Thanks for your time. Uh, all the best to you in your in your prep for the season, which starts March seventh with a home game against the Atlanta Dream. Uh, get out there and support the wings and uh, we'll see it hopefully again uh, on the mic drop uh, uh, Mariah thanks again for sure thank you for having me this was great all right and over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors the Perot Museum of Nature and Science plays a vital role in preparing the most talented and diverse stem workforce of tomorrow right here in Dallas become a member today and enjoy free admission and other valuable benefits to support this nonprofit landmark Visit perotmuseum.org for more information. Thanks, Rach. And now, what a blast to be joined by old pal Richie Witt, a Dallas-Fort Worth media fixture since 1986. You know him from ESPN Radio. His long career at the Star-Telegram was, a, you know, when I first met him in the, in the uh, old days as he was a Mavericks beat reporter, went on to be a columnist at Dallas Observer. Uh, all kinds of stuff that Richie's done. He's now now covers the Cowboys for FanNation.com, which is part of the Sports Illustrated Media Group. The pride of Duncanville, go Eagles, UTA. Uh, Richie, welcome to the mic drop. Great to have you on. That was a, one of the greatest intros I've ever had, except it's, uh, <laughs> go, it's go Panthers, Sully. Come on. DeSoto is the oh, Eagles. DeSoto's that's Eagles. Oh, that's what Duncanville's right. I should walk right off the set right now. Okay. I, I, you know what? That is a bad, unforced error. That's Jim Jackson <laughs> stepping out of bounds with nobody within 20 feet of him. My heartfelt Absolutely. apologies to both the uh, DeSoto Eagles and, and the Duncanville Panthers. Boy, that is a major uh, faux pas. So my heartfelt yeah, you're gonna, apologies. You're going to start a civil war down there in Southern uh, Pelican. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, and I know they're rivals, and I guess that's where I got tangled up. So bad, okay. bad well, How are you, Sully? It's great to Thank see you. you. Richie, in a couple minutes, uh, Monica is going to ask you hard-hitting questions about the Cowboys. We'll get into March Madness. But let's start with a much more important topic, and that's mental health. You have a story uh, that you wrote a couple of months ago about the Staubach family's struggles with their daughter Michelle's uh, issues with mental health. You said it was maybe the most important story you've ever written. You've written hundreds, if not thousands, of stories. Uh, talk about why that was so meaningful to you and, and what our listeners, I recommend it to everybody. Uh, walk us through that experience. Yeah, I became friends with uh, Roger Staubach's daughter, Michelle, uh, actually doing a podcast with her on another project. And she just started telling me about the struggles she went through. Uh, and just one of the things, a lot of mental problems. And one of the things was she would be driving her car just through a parking lot and go over a speed bump like you do. And she was in such a bad place, she was convinced she ran over a person. And she would have to get out of her car and go check to make sure that was a speed bump even though she knew it's a speed bump, she was just in such a dark place. And there's lots of examples like that. And she, she's, you know, seeked out professional help and therapy and counseling and all this stuff. And juxtapose that with Roger Staubach, who's, he's Captain America. He's won the Heisman. He went to the Navy. There's not a more, you know, solid foundation guy. And you think of, he's bulletproof. He doesn't need mental health. There's his very fragile daughter. And it was just a story of, of a coming together and a father trying to understand his daughter's struggles. And through that story, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever 
received as much feedback on any story. I, you know, I write stuff that is very polarizing, as you know, Sully. I'll get people who are like, you're the worst writer, or that was great, I agree with you. But this one was unanimously, thank you for writing that. I've, I've got a family member or even myself who are going through the same things, and it's helped me to know I'm not alone, and I've reached out for help. And it was during the pandemic when everybody was going through, you know, we all had our struggles, uh, mental health struggles during the pandemic. So, yeah, it was it was a story that I, I was honored to tell, and I think it, uh, it received some good feedback and maybe helped some people get through some tough times in their lives. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, mental health has uh, come front and center here in, in terms of... Absolutely. Uh, and sports is at the forefront of that with a lot of athletes, yep. you know, kind of making it okay to not be okay. So I think we're taking some, some big steps forward. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So now I want to talk a little bit about Cowboys. Uh, you've been a little critical of the Mari Cooper deal, uh, Randy Gregory's oh. departure to Denver. I, I've been out of town for the last three three. uh um, days, so I saw it pop up, but I haven't even had the chance to read it yet uh, and see what was going on there. So, give us your take on recent Cowboy moves. Yeah, if you're a, a Cowboys fan, you got to be like, what, what are we doing? And the answer is kind of nothing. So, the first of all, let's talk about Amari Cooper, which the Cowboys did a a magic trick of turning a first round pick into a fifth round pick, which is something you do not want to do in the NFL or any sport. They traded for Amari Cooper in 2018, uh, first-round pick from the Raiders. And, you know, he productive player, but during his four years here, three and a half years here, Cowboys won one playoff game with him. And uh, he was very lackadaisical. He was very – his body language was just not somebody who was very passionate, looked like they were enjoying the game. And if you remember the, their loss to the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs – on their final, you know, fateful drive when they ran out of time, Amari Cooper is literally just going through the motions. He's jogging downfield. He's waving at blocks that could have, you know, opened a post for another 10 yards. And the Cowboys are just like, what are we doing with this guy? He's due $20 million uh, by March 21st, and we're not getting the production or the effort that we like, so let's cut our losses. That, that's one of the worst trades in Cowboys history to give up a first and get a fifth. So then they made their number one priority this offseason to re-sign Randy Gregory. They got Demarcus Lawrence on one side, Randy Gregory on the other side. That's two great pass rushers that helped Dan Quinn's defense, you know, make great strides last year. And then Randy Gregory, they think they have him. The agent tells the Cowboys Randy Gregory's coming back. And then Randy Gregory does a spin move uh, like a defensive end and signs with the Denver Broncos for the same exact contract but because he didn't like some of the language the Cowboys had in the contract, which protected them from Randy Gregory, you know, getting suspended again, which he's been several times uh, for marijuana use. So he's now a Bronco and the Cowboys are left without a pass rusher. They don't have a, you know, they've lost two of their top four receivers and their offensive line has holes. They've got a lot of signing to do. And, you know, Cowboys fans are right to say, when are we get, when are we going to start things going? Because it feels like they're lagging way behind in, in NFL offseason. Yeah, I, I kind of thought of like, okay, who's next? Who's the who's the next one to to leave, and who who are we going to have left on our team? So, with that, what uh, what do the Cowboys need to be looking at in the upcoming draft? Uh, I mean, hold that thought because I, let's let's make sure you see who they who they actually do find in free agency, and they've got a lot of money. They re they restructured uh, Dak yeah. Prescott's contract. They restructured Demarcus Lawrence's contract. 
they have the money under the salary cap to go get some players. But if you're looking at defensive linemen, all these guys now is like the you know, Jadavian Clowney and Justin Houston. These are guys in their 30s that at this point, uh, declining players that maybe are even part-time players. So they need help with a pass rusher. Uh, you've got on the offensive line, you've got Tyron Smith. He's, you know, he, uh, he's a he's a ring of honor player, but he's in his 30s. He's he's breaking down. He's he's not playing a full season. They just got rid of Connor Williams. Uh, they're trying to cut Lyle Collins. So really on the offensive line, you've got Zach Martin. You've got maybe three-fourths of a Tyron Smith. And then you've got three holes to fill. So if they don't sign a, an offensive lineman, that's something they've got to look at at the draft because, you know, they've got the weapons. They've got Dak. They paid them a lot of money. But as you guys know, if you don't have a front line to open holes and protect Dak, you're going nowhere fast. What did you make of the move of uh, Joe Buck and in particular Troy Aikman, who kind of went first from – yeah. Fox Sports to uh, the number one game on Fox Sports to Monday Night Football, which has taken a back seat to Sunday night as the as the primetime yeah. game of the week. And in fact, the Manning cast, uh, you know, has sort of gotten more buzz than than anything. I guess the Manning cast may rejuvenate it and, and Joe and Troy can take it to another level again. But what do you yeah. what did you make of that move? So on a personal level, I love it. I've been, you know, friends with Troy for since I covered the Cowboys back in the late '80s, and and for him, great. The more the merrier, right? Um, I, but so I don't know about you and, and Monica. I, I'm a hardcore sports fan that I never, I don't think I've ever watched a game because of the announcers. You know, uh, Saints and Browns are playing on Thursday night. I don't really like the teams, but boy, I love listening to Troy Aikman. I, I'm just not that guy. Maybe there are people out there who would who are like, now I'm going to watch Monday Night Football. But I don't think NFL fans, they don't watch for the announcers. Now, do the announcers make it more entertaining? Absolutely. But I don't think that affects ratings one way or the other. Now, it's certainly more high profile, but, I mean, $20 million a year for your for your analyst on Monday Night Football. When Monday Night Football, you know, with the booth they had last year, they had great ratings. They had their best ratings since 2013. So, to me, it just seems like a misuse of funds um, and, and so you go back to my days, Monday Night Football used to be an event with Howard Cosell in the 70s. It was, it, you watched it because of the game, but also the camaraderie in the booth. But now there's so many booths and there's so many good, uh, you know, announcers and analysts and there's so many stations that it's just, it's not, Monday Night Football is not an event. I don't think Sunday Night Football is an event. And I don't think announcers are going to make or break it. So, I mean, good for Troy, good for Joe. They're, they make a great pairing. They've done it for, two decades all of a sudden, but is it really going to move the needle of money, not football? I, I mean, you tell me, I don't, I'm not going to watch or not watch because Troy in the booth. It's rare to see an announcer at the height of his powers. And, and, uh, you know, I like Chris Collinsworth a lot. I think Troy Same. is the He's best. He's my favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like Collinsworth, but Troy does a great job. And it's unusual to see an announcer at their peak go from a larger audience to a smaller audience, but the contract uh, is, you know, is the answer to your question. He, he, uh, yeah. He got paid in a big way, and all, you know, good for him on that. He deserves it. Uh, before he we wanted, get to he your... wanted more, he wanted more money than Tony Romo, and he got it. So it's two Cowboys quarterbacks competing for uh, well, you know, the big, the big contract. But good for both of them. They really, they're both really good at their craft. Yeah, and I think Troy is better than uh, does a better job than Tony, and he should get paid more. So, and yeah. and but you're right, we know how competitive these guys are. Uh, before we get to your download, uh, I we've got to check in on your on your brackets. Who do you have? What do you 
what do you think of going into March Madness? Is, we, is it gets it just occurred to me, Sully, because I did not do this because of you, but I, I picked Purdue to win it all. Oh, no. And oh, I remember, you're a Purdue. I may, I'm jinxing it, right? Yeah, this no, is well, they've got, you know. They've, they've got every piece of the puzzle that you need to win. they got the two, two-headed monster inside. They've got veteran guard play. They've got uh, Ivy, who's an incredible uh, athlete who can create his own shot. And I just think they've got now, they've had some disappointing losses. But I think in the tournament, they're so tough to defend that I, I picked them first. Uh, and well, you're going to say I jinxed them. You did. And Reeves Eddins, our intern here on the mic draft, picked them too. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I lose sleep over just going up against Coach Beard for a third time in the NCAA tournament after losses yeah. to him in his uh, Arkansas Little Rock and Tech days. As a yeah. Purdue fan, I'm always conditioned for, you know, the, the, uh, the torn ACL, the bad call, the, you know, uh, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm dreading it. I'm skeptical. We were leaking oil a little bit the last yep. 10 days of the season. I went back to Purdue for the Indiana game on, uh, on March 5th. And that was a blast. So yeah. I'm optimistic and hopeful, but so who do you, so, so, uh, hopefully you haven't jinxed it and, uh, you know, boiler up and hammer down. This so is this interesting, is a, interesting note about March madness, because it's, Obviously, everybody fills out, you know, a bracket. Your dentist, the guys you play golf with, everybody. And in DFW, it's just as crazy. I mean, every, every sports bar you go to and every, I mean, every business you go to, it's like, well, how's your bracket? It's March Madness. It's crazy. This is the 83rd. There's been 82 Final Fours, right? One team from DFW has gone to a Final Four in 82. And that was the SMU team back in 1956 that lost to Bill Russell in the semifinals. So if you're looking for a local flavor, a UTA in North Texas, a SMU or TCU, I'm sorry. They don't, don't have them going to the Final Four because <laughs> the odds are stacked way against you. We're hoping for that A&M-SMU final in the NIT. That could be uh... – hey, uh, hey, mark me down. Have me back on in a month. SMU is going to win the NIT. They're the best team in the NIT, and they got, they, they got bamboozled big time. Yeah, I think both they should have been in, and A and M should have been in, yeah. and Notre Dame should not have been Instead in. Instead of Indiana, that's, that's Indiana should Indiana should never be in under any circumstances. <laughs> they could go undefeated, and they don't belong in the in the tournament. That's just my personal opinion. All right, Richie, this is the par- portion of the podcast where we ask our media guests, "What are you streaming lately? What are you downloading? Could be book, music, TV, podcast, radio. Could be anything. What yeah. do you got for us this week? You know, I'm. I'm a bit of a space nerd. Like I'm interested with what's out there and how do we get here and all that stuff. And there's a, a NASA podcast called Houston. We have a podcast uh, and it's, it's scientists, it's astronauts, it's guys way smarter than me and you, Sully talking about the things that I'm fascinated with. And, it, and in December, uh, NASA launched the James Webb telescope. Um, it's a, it, it, landed landed it got into orbit a million miles from earth and it's the largest man-made telescope uh, ever launched in outer space and by memorial day it's going to send us really distinct hd images of looking back in time billions of years and as a space dork i'm excited about it. it's going to answer you know where are we how did we get here where are we from and are we alone and that podcast kind of goes into that so yeah, I'm hooked on it. And, you know, I, I'm sports, I'm X's and O's. And then when I'm out there, I'm really out there in the outer space. But I recommend it. Houston, we have a podcast. 
Love it. You're 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 competing with Mark Followell for the most interesting Follow, thoughtful, yeah, intellectual. He's, he's, he's a weather dork, and I'm kind of a space dork, so we could yeah. Somehow he, he actually <laughs> he actually came on with uh, actual books, not even not even uh, digital books. Uh, my download this week is, and I think we've talked about this over the last few weeks, is I am one episode away from finishing Inventing Anna on Netflix, huh. and I didn't like it at first. It tells the story of con artist uh, yeah. Anna Delvey. Uh, you know, it's told, you might like this, Richie, it's told from the perspective of the journalist. Of the I journalist, yes, I've seen it, I've seen the preview, I haven't seen the show. Yeah, and, and I, I, I really, I wished from the beginning that it was told more from, okay, this is what this person did when they arrived in America. Yeah. Uh, and it's really more, it's as much about the reporter uh, that, as it is, as it is uh, Anna Delvey. But I stuck with it, my wife, Joe, and I, and we are eagerly awaiting tonight watching the finale. It, it turns out to be uh, pretty good. So along with so a tell, lot of hoops. Tell me this, because I've seen the previews and I recognize the actress as Ruth from Ozark, oh, who yeah. everybody, I'm That's sure right. they watch that. What is her accent, though? It seems like just you know, in the previews, it changed four times. What, well, what it's, a, it's, it's a little bit like Frank, the Martin Short character in <laughs> Father of the Bride, where yeah. they told him to make up an accent. So <laughs> exactly. they gave some uh, creative license to to uh, uh, to uh, Julia Garner. And it's a mix of Russian and English and German. And in fact, if you read the reviews of Inventing Anna, one of the one of the negatives that critics point to is that the her accent is so annoying. It's it is just hard to listen to. It's she's distracting. In, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that that has turned some people off. So you do have to sort of overcome, uh, you know, the, overcome uh, the accent. But it's a good show. And obviously, we're all watching a lot of hoops. WrestleMania coming up, so I'm keeping an eye on Raw and SmackDown as we as we draw closer and closer to Roman oh, Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Just lost all credibility on the show; <laughs> just went right off the rails. So. No, I'm I'm a WWE fan. I have been for for. Uh, I did not uh, know that about you. Is that right? Yeah. Well, this is a you know this is a phenomenon that started when I had the opportunity to do some media coaching with WWE starting in 2012 or 13. Gotcha. So I've gotten to know some of the superstars just as they come up through the ranks. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a great product. There's incredible uh, storytelling. And uh, I was out and, at the uh, Star yesterday, Cowboys headquarters in Frisco yesterday. They have the giant title championship belt that's like on wheels. And it was just they, somebody was just pushing it around as a, you know, just as a promo. So and everybody's like, what is that belt? And it gave them a chance to introduce people who didn't know what it was to wrestling. So they're, they're, so great, Monica, at, they're great at storytelling, yeah. great at promotion. Monica, give give Richie a reason to pay attention to WrestleMania. Come on, Richie. We have WrestleMania. Two nights of WrestleMania, April 2nd and 3rd out at AT&T Stadium. We're going to set another record, hopefully. Uh, biggest WrestleMania ever. So, uh, And that title belt, uh, definitely uh, taking a trip around uh, the DFW area. Uh, I realize I'm in the minority, and I'll have to tune in to the next uh, Mic Drop podcast. You can give me the results of WrestleMania. What? No, no. We we can make sure that you're there in person. Uh, come on uh, and join okay. us. Uh, I'll I set got your... March Madness to watch. Sorry. <laughs> no excuses. Well, no excuses. Well, it's it, at least you acknowledge the storytelling and promotion. It is, it, they, they really have built an incredible brand there. They do tons oh, of the community. No doubt. Yeah, so so way to go, WWE, and way to go, Richie Witt. Thanks for your time today. Really great having you on the, the mic drop. And on behalf of, of Monica Paul and the Dallas Sports Commission, thanks to our guests, Molly McCage, Mariah Jefferson, and Richie Witt. Really good one this time, guys.
Thanks to the Mike Drop production team, Danielle Whitelaw-Piscura, Angela Lang, Marcus Carr, and Reeves Eddins of Tony Faye PR. Thanks to Ren and Jay at Vocal Media, our showrunner and visionary and fearless leader, Tony Faye. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody.